Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis Newton, here as per usual for the Cups and Cakes Network. And uh, today I'm really excited to share an interview that I did with Matthew Cardinal, one of Edmonton's premier electronic composers. He uh, released his debut record, Asterisms, on October 27th, 2020, through Canadian label Arts and Crafts. It's sort of an audio journal with each song title simply uh, being the day that that particular song was recorded. Uh, It's an easy record to get lost in. Each track kind of crashes over you, and the -the spur-of-the-moment nature of each song gives the whole thing a a sense of meditative uh, immediacy that's sort of unique to Matthew's work. Uh, We talk a lot about improvisation, we talk about uh, building electronic sounds and a modular synthesizer, and uh, we touch on our mutual love of Edmonton's secret best nightlife spot, Steel Wheels. Uh, As per usual, there might be some foul language in this episode, so if uh, that kind of thing hurts your ears, uh, this is your warning. And uh, of course, you can find other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content over on the Cups and Cakes website at cupsandcakespod.com. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Here's Matthew Cardinal. Hello, my name is Matthew Cardinal. (laughs) Perfect! (laughs) Easy peasy. Uh, we'll just, uh, we will waste no time. Let's, uh, hop right into some, uh, rapid fire questions here. All right. Uh, right off the bat then, uh, tea or coffee? Tea. Absolutely. Do you have a, do you have like a favorite kind of tea? Uh, uh, I usually drink black tea, Earl Grey or Orange Pico. Okay. Is it, uh, too, I'm always curious, like, I, I don't drink coffee myself really because I, I think it tastes like dirty water um but do you have a reason not to drink coffee or is it just that tea is like better uh yeah i mean i just don't like how coffee makes me feel and i feel i feel like coffee's too inconsistent (laughs) it's just there's too many variables and i feel like you have an earl gray it tastes like earl gray for the most part so (laughs) that makes sense yeah uh do you have a favorite baked good Oh my god. I don't know. I like croissants. <laughs> or croissants baked? I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a bad answer. <laughs> no, no. Croissant goes pretty good. Yeah, is there like... Uh, is there a place that you like to go to get such things here? No. I... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god. What's the one? There's the one on a, a near Blush Lane. Uh, that, was, that was a good bakery. Oh. Do not remember what it's called. Yeah, geez, I forget what it's called, but I know the place you're talking about. Roulet or boulet or something. I, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh radio or podcasts. Um Oh god. Uh I feel like the they're so different. Okay, I gotta be quick. I'll just say radio. <laughs> like co- college radio. <laughs> Okay, we, yeah, we can elaborate on that a little bit. It, it's it's funny. I actually like. Um, I did an interview with uh, Vish Khanna this morning. Oh, cool. Um, who who do you, do you know him at all? Yeah, and I've listened to uh, a couple of his uh, podcasts. Yeah, and and it was just funny because he has a real background in 
radio and I had asked him that question and he just went, oh, well, they're basically the same thing, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. In some ways, I guess th- there's so much variety in, in both. So I guess that's really what you're seeking out. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's still, um, and I mean, obviously I, I do a podcast that is about music discovery in some way, but I feel like radio is still kind of the place to go if you're looking to like find new music, for example. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't really listen to either of much, if I'm being honest. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Do you have a favorite pit stop on tour? Oh, just like for food or... Yeah, for food, or, or I mean, or if there's just a gas station that you really, really love, um, that works too. Uh, goodness, uh, let me think here. Uh, I just I feel like a subway is pretty good for keeping up uh, calories on tour, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's uh, I mean somewhat uh, it's it's quote unquote fresh. Uh, you know, it's, but I do, uh, I do enjoy uh, an A&W stop for sure. I feel like A&W is just like the least objectionable fast food yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. I, I would say so. It's, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> I can eat it. <laughs> it's edible. Uh, f- first, first car you, you ever owned. I've never owned a car. Okay. Is it, uh, you know, uh, I think Edmonton in particular is just a really difficult city to get around without a car. So I'm always kind of fascinated when folks from this part of the world don't own one. No, it is horrible. It is horrible for pedestrians. Uh, I live in a pretty central area and pretty much everything I need is in a walking distance. So I'm pretty lucky in that regard. Um, I do, I, I should get a car. <laughs> it, it, it would help. Nah, you've made it this far. No need to cave. Don't cave now. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. We'll see. <laughs> uh, what's the weirdest job you've ever had? Oh, I have uh, hmm. Nothing too weird. I, you know, I'm probably forgetting. I'm probably repressing something stupid and horrible. I, I like... <laughs> I did an odd job once where someone just paid me to unscrew a bunch of shelves that were like in a, a store like they owned and it was getting emptied out and there was all these like shelves drilled into the wall. And they're like, hey, huh. uh, uh, just take these out. I'll pay you. And I did it. And it was so much work. It, like I totally <laughs> got ripped off. It was like at the end and he's like yeah here's 30 bucks or something i was like oh my god (laughs) that was like yeah the worst like work to pay ratio i've had maybe (laughs) i feel like that's also just one of the weirdest things to hire somebody to do specifically that yeah it was bad it was (laughs) he's like yeah i need all these shelves removed and i don't know he was like here's a very bad drill and a screwdriver like it was was, was horrible uh if you could open for anybody uh let's say uh living or dead uh who would you choose to open for oh or dead i mean uh oh my god Uh, kate bush (laughs) okay 
I, I, I will 100% admit Kate Bush is one of those people where I like have heard about her, heard people talk about her. I've never listened to Kate Bush. Oh. I don't think you gotta, she's a, she's a legend. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, I'm missing out, I guess. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm excited for you. You get to experience Kate Bush for the first time. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll try that out tonight. Yeah. Uh, is there a, do you have a favorite local bite to eat? Oh, that's hard. There's so many places. I feel like Edmonton has really good food. <laughs> I, uh, I really like Lashish. I've been getting Lashish a lot. Um, Northern chicken's great. I like soul fried chicken. Oh, yeah. Uh, meat. <laughs> I, it's pretty good i eat a lot of meat um also uh, meat meat is the uh just the greatest name for oh, a restaurant yeah. in you this know, whole city um yeah you know what you're getting so it's great simple to the point um, yeah. um nariani's is also uh wonderful so i don't know i could go on and on <laughs> yeah i think people are always a little bit surprised with how much good food there is here just because uh like i don't know when i moved to edmonton i didn't think of it as like a great food city or anything but there's like tons of great stuff oh yeah it's 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 uh it's wonderful anytime i have someone visiting from out of town it's like oh there's so many places we need to get food from before you leave actually yeah out of curiosity then if if you have somebody coming into town who's like never been here what's like the place that you would take them to uh i love taking people to steel wheels if they've never been of course yeah it's always an experience you're like what is this strange place (laughs) (laughs) uh if you could make a bill for a show uh any three bands and give yourself a comp ticket to it again we'll say like bands that still exist or bands that don't um which which three bands did you pick whoa okay i don't know that's so okay i mean first thing that comes to mind is uh my bloody valentine (laughs) oh yeah yeah Yeah. uh so i guess them this may be a weird bill i don't know my bloody valentine (laughs) i want to see jim or work so he's on the bill sure uh uh finesse i don't know (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a, it'd be a good good night. Does does Jim O'Rourke play live? I like again. I'll be honest. I mostly know about him because of his involvement with Wilco and his production on those records. But uh, um, yeah, does he do stuff live? He he does very occasionally. Uh, usually, um, I think lately it's like experimental electronic stuff. But I think from time to time he'll uh, he'll perform. But I I know he's said in interviews that he. Uh, he hates playing live so <laughs> yeah uh do you prefer uh video games board games or sports um i guess video games <laughs> i get the sense that that was a little bit of like a, a none of the above answer almost <laughs> well i mean never sports <laughs> i get uh i don't know a plus there yeah yeah i mean I, I do like playing video games from time to time. Um, board games. I mean, if I'm playing with friends, yeah, I'll, I love a good board game. But I guess typically video games. <laughs> uh, candy, chips, or chocolate? Oh, 
Uh, I'll say chocolate. Okay. Do you uh, do you have like a favorite uh, favorite chocolate bar? Favorite kind of chocolate thing? Uh, I like. I think like any chocolate that has uh, hazelnut in it. Okay, I'm trying to think of like what has hazelnuts in it even. Uh, I think you can get like Cadbury's with hazelnut, and there's this other brand that I can't think of the name of. Uh, I also really like chocolate oranges. <laughs> oh yeah, tis the season. I guess we're recording this middle of January. I know I still have yeah. like two and a half chocolate oranges in oh, the yeah. cupboard somewhere. They're so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough because like uh, I got uh, I got one at Christmas from my parents, and I sure did eat the whole thing in like a day. And then uh, I have a fairly large family, and so I kind of just went around to. Well, I guess I didn't actually physically go to see those people this uh, this Christmas, but received many chocolate oranges. And you eat one, and then I sure am just done with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they last a while for me. Usually, like around a week, but it's like I'll just go in for a slice every now and then. I'm like, ah, oh, delicious. Is there a social media account that you really love to follow? Brings you some joy. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I really like on Instagram that uh, people standing. I think it's what it's called. This account. Have you seen this? I think so. Yeah, it's just just pictures of people standing in strange ways. <laughs> um, I really like that one. Um, there's also this photographer named, I think, uh, Chris Maggio. He is, does some really great stuff. I really love whenever he uh, puts stuff up. And uh, we got two questions left on the rapid fire. Uh, oh, is there an album that spurred your love of music? What's, sorry, is there an album which? Is there an album that spurred your love of music? Oh, that spurred my love of music. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm, I feel like maybe I could say uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Out of curiosity, like, I don't even know what year that record came out, but did that come out when you were like of an age to get into it like i guess did you get into it when it first came out uh not really i think that came out when i was pretty young but um i had an older sister and she was into it so like i was listening to it at a pretty young age but then like um when i was a teenager i think i, I bought it for myself and just it got me really into music yeah with um I know for me, when I, when I listen to stuff, it tends to be, um, and it has been this way since like I started listening to music, but that I'll find like one record and really like go in deep on it. Um, is that the same for you or do you kind of like bounce around and listen to different stuff all the time? Uh, I, I go through phases, like I'll get stuck on an artist and like just listen to a lot of them and like a lot of their albums. But at the same time, I'll like, you know, I'll, I'll listen to other bands I like, but it's i'll go through phases for sure where i'll be obsessed with like a, a particular artist and just like listen to them all day <laughs> yeah uh very last question here on this part of things uh do you have any local shout outs like uh bands or artists that are you think are doing some really great work that you want to uh yeah give a shout out to oh my goodness i can't even think just there's been i haven't seen a show in <laughs> like, 
<laughs> feel like a year. I don't even like who's 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 making music in Edmonton these days. I mean, always like John Common. Is, uh, For sure, a, yeah, it's a big favorite of mine, and uh, Faith Healer. Uh, who else? Oh, goodness, just local. Hmm. It's oh. funny. I, I I found that um, without shows going on, you forget that some bands exist because you don't see like their names <laughs> on a poster yeah. every like month and a half, and so it just kind of like evaporates from your brain. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just like, oh, that band just exists. That um, I mean, <laughs> Wears uh, is great for sure. Yeah. Um, local. Who's local? I, uh, yeah, I, I thought I'd have to think on that. I've been so, uh, in my own world, <laughs> my own brain, especially, I mean, during this pandemic. Yeah. I, uh, boy, I, I sure do. I sure do get that. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? Just, uh, let, let's use that as a little pivot into the second half of things. Um, All right. what, what, what has life kind of like looked like for you during this, uh, the strangest of all years oh goodness it's uh, a lot of sleep (laughs) um i've been uh luckily i've been doing a a lot of commission work um scoring various projects so i've been i've been doing a lot of music work um and the occasional live stream so like those things have been keeping me pretty busy how do you how do you find live streams as like a, a quote unquote like performance replacement? Um, I it's weird. It's very weird. It's it's very different. Um, <laughs> it's just yeah. At least for me, it feels uh, quite a bit different, and it, it it almost feels like more work than going and playing a show. <laughs> um, there's just like so many factors, but like I I I I, I don't know. I enjoy it and don't enjoy it at the same time. But like, it does feel like I've done something when, when I do it, but it's, you know, it's missing the interaction, I guess, that you get uh, when you play to an audience. Um, yeah. And, it's... Yeah. Like I'm grateful that I'm being asked to do them and I, uh, I'm doing them. <laughs> it's weird. Cause I feel like in some sense you have to like, um, like you still have to perform and put out a certain amount of like, uh, like vulnerability isn't quite the right word, but you have to be kind of in that mode, but you don't get any of the same like affirmation back, right? Like you still have to put out energy, I guess, but you don't get anything back from the audience in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really, uh, you don't really see it. You're, <laughs> you can't really feel it. There's that energy isn't there, I guess. Um, it's, it's interesting. And, and it's, uh, you know, when you play a live show, it's typically it's it happens in the moment and it's done. But now, like some live streams are like uh, archived, so you can go back and like see it again, which is kind of weird um, and good. You know, it's you can't always catch the stream, so yeah, it's 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 very different. Um, but I mean, yeah, I just did one yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting, and um, yeah. Out of curiosity, then too, just because like I know that uh, your like electronic work um, 
leans on like improvisation and stuff like that um mm-hmm. and stuff like that <laughs> it leans on improvisation <laughs> more uh, or fairly heavily and in the context of a live stream um part of what makes that special i feel like is that people are kind of seeing something get made in the moment mm-hmm. um is is it weird that that gets recorded to you is it is it does it feel kind of strange to be able to even go back and watch what you did in that setting um i think it's it's interesting and sometimes you know it's it's nice for those moments to be captured because like otherwise it's it's just a memory (laughs) but i (laughs) i I don't usually go back and watch them i I don't know it's 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 kind of kind of weird i don't really like watching (laughs) recordings (laughs) or listening to recordings of me uh a lot um but uh yeah Hmm. <laughs> uh, good pivot, I, I think, then again into talking about, I mean, uh, the other big thing that you did this year, which is uh, this record, Asterisms, came out in October. Yes. Um, boy, I you should see the list of notes that I have. It's just this crazy, messy spider web of, like, things that I'm curious about, about this record. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> uh it's your first solo record, that's uh, correct? Yeah, I would say, yeah, it's like my first proper record. I uh, I released like a compilation, just self-released a compilation of random demos and stuff uh, a year or two ago, and I put out like a, a documentary score that I did, but okay. this is like the first, I would say, album that I have uh, put out. Gotcha. So uh, a big part of what I'm curious about is like with this type of music um like i guess where did you start playing this type of stuff like how did you get into making these types of sounds um i think it was just probably from i just getting into more textural music as a teenager uh like really getting into shoegaze stuff and ambient and like minimalist stuff and um just trying to make those kinds of sounds and like you know getting gear (laughs) to try to make like dreamy dreamy sounds and um i just it was just spending a lot of time i guess with my equipment and making tones that i liked (laughs) and enjoyed yeah like um I guess too, it's that um, with this type of music, the like uh, equipment and like the building of the equipment and the patching of things and and deciding how you're going to actually kind of like build an instrument um, plays such a kind of like fundamental part in how things actually end up sounding. Um, I guess I was wondering, yeah, if you could just speak a little bit to like. Um, what that process looks like. Like, how do you actually go about putting together an instrument that is going to make um, sounds that you are interested in making? Oh. Hmm. That's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I guess I've got my little modular system, and that was just a lot of, a lot of listening and studying. <laughs> Figuring out like what sounds 
I like and what things I would need to make those sounds and just... I don't even know if I'm properly answering this question, but <laughs> I guess... It was, yeah. it, was a, it was a little loosey-goosey uh, yeah. in the first place. But just, uh, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Putting, putting things together, uh, I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, try to... Um, Hmm. Like, oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it's, it seems like in some way it's about, I mean, again, getting back to like improvisation and stuff, but it, it's about like play, I, I guess, if that makes sense. Like that's how it, it seems to come across. Uh, playing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just... I think I just tried to put together an instrument that I would enjoy playing <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just feels good and, um, yeah. something I would, um, kind of know how to, uh, uh, tweak and like get the sounds out of it that I, I want, uh, with a lot of flexibility. Um, to then like working in, um, this kind of like analog domain that I, I think sometimes scares people off a little bit just because of like, um, uh, technically there's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> uh, like where did you, I guess, start learning about that stuff? Like, are, are there people that you've just kind of sat down and with who have like, yeah, like, uh, guided you through things a little bit, or is it just mostly, like, all kind of self-guided, just messing with stuff and seeing what you can come out with? Um, yeah, it's pretty much all self-guided. Um, it's just a lot of experimentation and playing around. Um, I started learning, I learned synthesis on an old, uh, Moog Rogue, pretty much, and, uh, the manual of to that synth is, uh, was very helpful, of, of course, but it's just, it really helped me wrap my brain around, uh, like, subtractive synthesis, so once I played with that so much that I was kind of, like, meeting and figuring out and understanding the limitations of it, it's, it's kind of like, okay, I, uh, I want to, I want something that is a lot more flexible, so the modular is just... You know, oh, I can decide my own signal path and, you know, have as many modulators or envelopes as I want or filters or anything. So it's it's really nice and, it, you know, you can change it at any time. And it's, um, I feel like it looks a lot more complicated than it actually is. I feel like subtractive synthesis is, is really very simple when you're when you're just thinking about that. It's just sound and something that shapes the sound, and then controllers. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, it is probably just that there's a lot of knobs and buttons, and people look yeah. at it and go, ah! <laughs> but it, you're it, right. Like, of course, there's it's a fairly simple process. You just have a sound, and then you modify it and remove stuff in some way, and that's the sound that you end up with. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, you, uh, you have the... the you know the pure tone and then you you just remove some frequencies from that and then you remove or volume you shape the volumes to shape the uh you know the attack and the release of a tone and i mean that's the, the basics of it when you're just talking like subtractive synthesis but of course there's 
all these other things. And I have other stuff in my rack. I have like physical modeling uh, modules and like like resonators and stuff that you know. Get, yeah, it's a little different, but it's you know, it's it's. Uh, I don't think it's that bad, but I don't I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it looks it looks kind of intimidating and it looks very flashy but it's just uh i mean i don't know i could be wrong <laughs> so uh with this record then specifically um part of what is really fascinating to me is the idea of um like a record as a journal or as a way of like um like as a function of memory if you know what i mean um mm-hmm. uh I, I guess, uh, what is the appeal to you of um, having the songs on a record organized around that kind of concept? Um, hmm. I mean, it was, it just felt, uh, it was, it was very natural. I just, it's just what I was doing <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> I was just yeah, recording stuff and then saving them. And as the date, and after a while, I realized that I was basically making this audio journal. So I decided that's what the album would be, and I just continued on with that. (laughs) Was there, um, when you go back to this material, not that, again, not that you're, like, sitting listening to it a bunch or anything, but has the act of, like, making that music on those days changed the way that you think about the other things that happened that day? Like, um, I guess the process of recording that music and using it as a journal, does that alter kind of your recollection of those days or, or change it or modify it in some way? Hmm. You know, like the recording of the music is probably what I remember most of those days now. <laughs> right. And uh the music is I guess a reflection of how I felt and how, you know, what what sounded good to me and what came naturally when rec- you know, making the music, but the memory that sticks for the most part is uh the recording, I think. That makes sense. I guess like what I'm trying to get at even is the importance of both both with the instrument and like with the creation of the instrument and the sounds and with the idea of this as an audio journal um, about the impact of like the environment and the time and the place and all of these things on um, the music that got recorded that day, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's, 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 it's very influenced by like, yeah, where I was, um, I guess in every aspect of, uh, physically and mentally, yeah. emotionally, that's, that's kind of what the music is in my mind. <laughs> if if that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. Most of these two are like live, like improvised kind of one take type deals too, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are, um, yeah, just, it's improvised and then, you know, or I'll do, I'll do like a take and then I'll add, uh, like one or two things on top, like I'll add a bass sound or a lead sound on top, but it's uh, a couple of them are just like sh- straight, like one take, you know, everything's submixed. It's recorded. Like I recorded 
uh, every track except for one with a two input interface. So it's, it's it, everything was like mixed down as it was going in pretty much. Yeah, that, that was going to be my other kind of uh, technical question is just whether most of this stuff then ends up just getting kind of recorded stereo and then that's the track uh, other than, I mean, obviously like overdubs and stuff, but. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, pretty much it was uh, a lot of it's just, yeah, right into this uh, old two input interface I had. Um, yeah, a lot of it's a lot of sub mixing I would do. Um yeah. In, in the modular or with other instruments. And then, yeah, the overdubs on top. Um, one of the tracks was recorded with... Um, uh, I have an OP-1, and the OP-1 has a built-in digital four-track. So okay. uh, Mar- yeah. March 12th was recorded onto that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I... Uh... I I love the the OP ones. I've never actually used one before. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, they're just really cute little nice looking synthesizers that also just do like a million things. Yeah, they're amazing little uh, instruments. Uh, I use them in like almost everything I do. It's uh, I just it's, it's they're very weird, but it's it's very quick. Uh, especially the sampler uh, i like sample like a, a lot of my other synths and like acoustic instruments and it's just it's a really good sound shaping tool and uh, it's just i like that it's very fast uh is, is there stuff then that on the days that you went to record tracks um is there work that you would do to kind of like prepare like kind of um like pr- to either prepare or to edit afterwards? Like, what does the kind of workflow look like um, for music like this? Um, So, all these tracks, it wasn't... I don't think I was ever really going and thinking I'm going to record today or anything. It was... They all started off as just... I just wanted to play music and play around, and then I kind of stumbled upon something that I liked, and it's like, okay, I'm going to record this now. (laughs) Um, and that's mostly how it happened. It's it's very uh, unintentional music. I... <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. I guess um, too. Like so, if like uh, you're sitting playing around and you find uh, some collection of sounds that you really like, um, mm-hmm. is the thought process like um, I'm just gonna press record now and kind of see where this goes, or is it? more that you kind of get this group of sounds and then you kind of like, you know, snap your fingers and you're like, oh, it's going to be something like this and it's going to move kind of in this way. And uh, I guess, yeah, do you go into it with uh, a a broader picture of more or less what you're looking to get out of that sound? Or do you just kind of see what happens? Yeah, I've, uh, I think I've done both. I've, um, I have definitely like figured something out and being like, oh, I can structure, you know, this kind of performance in this way, and I can bring in this sound, you know, at this time and this. Or sometimes it's just I'm just messing around and improvising, and I just press record and whatever comes out, I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then, you know, I'll, if if it need, I feel it needs it, I'll uh, do an overdub or two. So it's a, uh, it's pretty uh, pretty loose. <laughs> uh. 
I, I too, I just wanted to make sure I kind of touch on uh, the photography that you do too, just because, again, I, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like there's some kind of through line behind or between um, like the visual stuff that you're making in terms of photography and um, the, the music that you also put out. Um, is, is there any kind of connection between those two practices to you or do they feed each other in any way? I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> I I think I just aesthetically, I like similar things when it comes to sound and visuals. So I guess maybe in that way, they, they seem related. And I feel like, yeah, my photos, I think, uh, fit in with my music pretty well for the most part. <laughs> and... Um, I don't know if that's entirely intentional. I think it's just it's just what comes natural and it's just I guess comes from what I like. That makes sense. I I guess um yeah, I'm just always interested when um yeah, people who record music have kind of other artistic practices that they're pursuing too. Um just for for myself at least, I've always been the type of person where there's just a million things that I wish I had the time to um dive deeper on and i've started to realize i think that um lots of the folks who makes who make things that i'm interested in have uh pretty healthy interests outside of music that are pretty developed Mm -hmm. um is that a thing that you've thought about like is 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 it a thing that you try to kind of nurture um like actively like other i guess forms of expression or yeah, yeah, just like um, pra- practicing art in any way that is not like audio, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I I really enjoy taking photos, and like I've been slowly getting into video stuff too. And I think it's just I I just like creating things <laughs> and like making things and like looking at them and or you know listening back yeah. i think the the act of creation is something i really enjoy and um i guess i'm i and i i enjoy learning new things i've been having like you know a lot of fun doing photography for the past little bit you know it's it's a kind of recent i mean i've always you know taken photos with my phone and stuff but i only i got a film camera like a year ago? It's a year and a half ago. <laughs> okay. I I'm not going to lie. I I I I assumed that you had taken been uh taking those kinds of photos for longer than that. Just uh mm-hmm. you get some real nice stuff. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's just I uh I mean, yeah, I've been looking at things for years. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I've been training. I've been training for it. So now I'm looking and taking yeah. Oh well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's some nice stuff that you're making all together. Then there, Matthew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're at uh, the end of the old interview here. We we normally wrap things up by uh, playing a track off of off of your record. Uh, is, is there a particular right. track that you'd like to highlight? Hmm. I mean, let's see. I. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. I quite like July 23rd. I, I like to say that um, just because it's, I think it's one of the tracks I'm happiest with 
Uh, I think it's a kind of a preview of what's to come. And also because it's the ending track, I feel like it's maybe the song people hear less. So <laughs> maybe we could do that. <laughs> yeah, it's it, this is kind of tangential, but there's uh, it's hard, I feel like, when you're track listing a record because it's important to have something that you think is like really killer at the end. But you also kind of know that just because of the nature of how people listen to music, um, yeah. often they don't get all the way there. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just how it is. I mean, I like, and I'm I'm the same way. Sometimes, you know, I'll I'll get really into an album, but I'll focus on the first half, and then a while later, I'll realize I'm like, oh, the second half of the album is way better, and the last song <laughs> is the best song of the album. So it's like, I don't know, it'll, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I want more people to hear this one. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, man, thanks so much for talking to me. Uh, it was a real pleasure. Of course. Yeah. Uh, thanks so it, much. This is uh, July 23rd off of Asterisms. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much, Matthew. And uh, uh, we'll see you around, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 One day, eventually. Yeah. In 2023 or whatever. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When the time comes.
when I got nothing on my mind. Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The featured track, July 23rd, is played with permission from Matthew Cardinal. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song, Nothing on My Mind, from the Grampy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.